Hi, and welcome to episode 110 of the iPhone Life podcast. I'm Donna Cleveland, editor-in-chief at iPhone Life. <laughs> Who are you? I am staring off into the camera. I am David Hopperbach, CEO and publisher. And I'm Sarah Kingsbury, senior web editor. I'm not doing a juice cleanse, so I have no excuse. <laughs> You're just mesmerized by my introduction. Yeah, it was great. Nailed it. <laughs> so each episode, we bring to you the best apps, top tips, and great gear in the iOS world. And at iPhone Life, we're here to help you never feel frustrated with your iPhone again. We know that's a tall order, and we feel confident that we can help you with that. <laughs> so uh, this episode, before we jump in and tell you about our sponsor, I just wanted to let you know that upcoming, we have a little bit of a different schedule. Usually we come out with an episode every other week, but we're going to be skipping one week. So it'll be three weeks till you guys see us again. And it will be on uh, May 28th. That's a Tuesday like usual, but that's uh, one week further away than usual. And it's the week before Apple's Worldwide Developers Conference that Apple holds each June. Uh, and that's when we get a preview of the next um, operating system. So presumably, if things go according to the usual schedule, we'll get a preview of what iOS 13 is going to be uh, on June 3rd. So we're excited about that. So this episode on May 28th, will go over all of the latest rumors of what we're expecting with iOS 13. We'll tell you everything about the coverage we'll be having for WWDC. So we'll be devoting a lot of attention to that in that upcoming episode. So stay tuned for that. Um, and I think it's safe to assume we'll have a podcast the next week the yes. week of WWDC, right? So we're going to have mm -hmm. a three-week gap and then back-to-back -back podcasts. Uh, and that allows yeah. us to make sure that when we give you the rumor roundup, we have the latest and greatest rumors and tell you what to expect. And then, of course, we will give you coverage on the day of of the of the announcement. Yeah, like what actually happened. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So uh, stay tuned for that. And now David will tell us about our sponsor for this episode. Yeah, today's sponsor is Matthias. And Matthias makes really high quality and affordable keyboards. Um, and so they have a wide range of keyboards depending on what your needs are. The one I'm going to tell you about today is the 10 keyless. Uh, so uh, the 10 keys are the little number pad on the right hand side. Some people like me love them. And if you do, you can get that. But if you are somebody who wants a little more portability, uh, you can do the 10 keyless and it makes it a little more portable. It's a little bit cheaper. It's $89 instead of $99. Um, but what makes Matthias's products great is they are cheaper than Apple's keyboards. They have a longer battery life than Apple's keyboards and they pair with more devices. So it's really easy to switch if you want to be using the same keyboard for your computer, for your iPhone, for your iPad. Uh, they pair with all those devices. Um, they have uh, wireless models, they have wired models, they have backlit models if you like that. Um, that's what I have. I have the 10 key uh, backlit wireless model. Um, so make sure you check them out regardless of which one you need. Uh, very high quality. They're, the one I have is aluminum and you can get it to match your computer or your iPad. Cool. Next, we want to tell you about our uh, free daily tips newsletter. So as I mentioned before, at iPhone Life, our mission is to help you never feel frustrated with your iPhone again and to master your devices. And signing up for our daily tips newsletter is an awesome way to get started with that. It's our free, it's our free offering. If you go to iphonelife.com slash daily tips, you can sign up there and we'll send you a one, a one minute tip or it'll just require one minute a day mm -hmm. to learn something cool you can do with your device. So it's free and it's completely effortless. Uh, and at iphonelife.com slash daily tips is where you can sign up. 
Uh, now I want to tell you our favorite tip of this week. Uh, it's how to add a person to favorites in your iPhone. So these past couple weeks, we've been going back to basics and going over some of our tips that are um, just like oldies but goodies. So this is one, you know, a lot of you may already have this set up, but if you don't, it's super useful. If you open the phone app and navigate to contacts, you can just select a contact from there and at the bottom, you'll have an option add to favorites and that'll just add it to this tab on the left-hand side of your um, of your phone app. And so the, that way you can like quickly go there and just contact whoever, like your most frequently contacted people is who you'd wanna keep here. But um, in the last couple of years, Apple's added new capabilities with this that you can add not only who you want to your favorites, but how you want to contact mm -hmm. them. So when you tap add to favorites, if you have, uh, if you have a mobile phone number there, and if they also have an iOS device, you'll see options for texting and FaceTime as well as calling. So uh, let's say there's someone who you text all the time, but you're not really, like a lot of people these days text instead of calling on the phone. You may want to have shortcuts in the favorites to just quickly message these people instead of tap them to call. So now you have the option to do that. So you can FaceTime, text, or call people from your favorites in the phone app. And I think, uh, first of all, it's a nice reminder to revisit favorites because I set up my favorites years ago. And yeah. then, you know, people move around in the favorites a little bit. Um, <laughs> but, David, let's see who's in your favorites uh, list. I'm going to show you. Um, but they also... It's a popularity contest. <laughs> it's like the old MySpace 8. Do you guys oh, remember that? That? Was, that was drama. Yeah. Uh, right there. Putting myself squarely in the millennial camp. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the other thing is it's a nice reminder because I had forgotten about this. So you can set it up as a message or FaceTime call as well. So if there's somebody you predominantly text or somebody you predominantly FaceTime call, it's a nice reminder to go and set that up as your as your primary option in, in the favorites. Yeah. For me, like predominantly FaceTime calling anyone would be like out of the No. I don't like really video calling people unless it's like a rare, a rare reason I, to. So as a phone etiquette thing, like I always text people to see if I can call them first. What do you guys, do you guys do that? I feel like especially for a FaceTime, like I don't want someone just bombarding me with a FaceTime, but I feel totally fine with someone calling me without I think a it prep. I think it depends if I'm calling to like just chat for like, you know, sometimes I'll like call my friends and to catch up, I'll text them first. But if I'm yeah. like trying to like figure out the logistics with my partner for lunch, I'll just call and like, cause it's easier yeah, than okay. a bunch of texts. I agree. Like it's yeah. the sort of like, for like do you have session. half an hour to like chat with me? Then mm -hmm. text first. I will say something that happens to me sometimes is I typically don't use my favorites. I typically just go into recent calls for I don't have a good reason why, but I just do that. And so every once in a while, if I do, for whatever reason, make a FaceTime call, I'll then spend the next week accidentally FaceTime calling them instead of normal calling them. Oh, yeah, that's a, that's annoying. Yeah. That um, might explain why my daughter constantly FaceTimes me. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I really like the way that Contacts is sort of set up to – it's embedded, basically, in a lot of your different apps, which mm -hmm. I know it's not the best Contacts app, but mm -hmm. this is a real advantage. Yeah. Um, for instance, with favorites, then you can treat those people as sort of a group, especially for things like, say, turning on Do Not Disturb. Mm -hmm. You know, you can choose like everyone but my favorites is not able to contact me or, you know, things mm -hmm. like that. Um, I'm, I know there's other ways you can use your favorites groups. It's not coming to me. But I really feel like it's worth taking the time to customize 
at least for the people who you are in contact with a lot, like their contact card, like what their relationship is to you, um, their different phone numbers. Their address. Their address, yeah. And whether it's their home address or their work address, all of those things make it easier for when you say, hey, you know who, um, you know, text this person, get me directions to their house or things like that. Remind me when I get to their house to right. wish them happy birthday. Or <laughs> yeah, all, anything that's location-based or just requires Siri to know what kind of phone or email or address it is, this makes it a thousand times more useful. I would agree with that. Yeah, it's a good reminder. All right, so next I want to tell you about our Insider program. Uh, So our Daily Tips newsletter is our free offering. It's a great way to get to know iPhone life. But uh, to really get the most out of your devices and to access our full comprehensive content library to learn you know, anything you want about iOS, you can sign up for Insider. You, we, get, we have a library of over, over a thousand video tips, um, so you can follow along on your device and learn how to do things like we've just been talking about. Uh, we have in-depth guides. We'll have a guide coming out soon for basics that goes over like all the basic things you need to know about your iPhone. Uh, we also have an iOS 13 guide coming out this fall, so when the new iOS comes out, right away you'll have everything you need to know how to use all the new features on your phone, which is like really our most popular guide. People love that. Um, We also have, uh, you get full access to our archive of iPhone Life magazine. And each time we come out with a new issue, you'll have access to that. Ask an editor where you can get help with any tech related problems you're having. Um, And you get an exclusive version of this podcast without Uh, promotions like Mm -hmm. I'm doing right now and uh, you also get exclusive content just for insiders so uh, our insider program is really an amazing way to learn to get the most out of these devices that we use every day so go to iphonelife.com slash podcast discount and you'll get five dollars off the annual price of iphone life insider we really encourage you to check it out Uh, Next, I want to have Sarah tell us, uh, she helped an insider with uh, some trouble they were having with their iPhone recently, and she will tell us how she helped them. So um, this is more general. We had a tip recently about how you could boost the volume on your iPhone, for instance, if you were in a situation where you needed to use your iPhone speakers and you wanted them to be a little louder. I don't, do you guys really use your iPhone speakers? I generally don't. I try to avoid it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I do sometimes, but I wouldn't recommend it. (laughs) But sometimes like say you're like, you want to play someone a song or show them a funny video. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so this is a setting you can just enable that will um, basically make the volume louder. And I can link to the tip. I'm not going to tell you all over again how to do that. But a lot of people actually ran into this little roadblock, which was when they went to settings and tried to tap on music, music wasn't there. And um, hmm. so what ended up being the problem was that they had deleted the music app. Uh, and so uh. I thought that was a kind of a good reminder. Um, like we were just talking about with the contacts app, a lot of Apple's apps are very like interconnected. And so I kind of don't think it's a good idea to delete the stock apps, even though you can. Um, Just bury them in a folder if you don't use them because any app that you delete that's an Apple stock app is going to leave your your settings and then you won't be able to do things like the music app is is, you know, connected to your speakers, you Mm -hmm. know, so, you know, and your audio playback on your phone. So 
it's just one of those things where it's better unless for some reason, like just having it on your phone makes you so upset. It's better to just bury the stock apps you don't use in a folder and never look at them again. That's what I do. So. I think that's a good tip. Which makes me think of a related topic of offloaded apps, which I, Apple a while ago, in an effort to help you with your storage, uh, create, if you don't use an app sometimes and you have this setting enabled, it will just keep the icon there, but the app is actually not there anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if you tap it, it will go through the process of downloading it again. And I guess I've gotten kind of spoiled with having a good amount of storage space on my phone because I hate this feature. I hate it with a fiery passion. And like, me I really too. hate it. And it's like, I, I turned off the feature a while ago, but there's still apps that were offloaded mm-hmm. from before I turned it off. So it like keeps on rearing its head for yes. me. Where, and like, a lot of times it seems like when I am trying to use one of these apps, it's in a place where like, I'm not on Wi-Fi and it's slow or, or like, you know, anyway, it takes forever for the app to re-download and I'm pissed. I, th- I think there's <laughs> like so many apps that are like use case dependent that I don't use regularly. But when I want to use them, I really, really want, want them, them on my phone, especially for travel. It's like yeah. there's so many apps I use when I'm traveling and that's always when I don't have Wi-Fi. I really need slow it because I'm Wi-Fi trying to figure something no out, Wi-Fi. you know? Yeah. And yeah. I get so annoyed, like trying to check into a flight and realizing you don't have the Southwest app on your phone. Hate that. Yeah. Yeah. So if yeah. you have the storage space, I recommend to just go turn off that feature in settings. And if you don't, I recommend finding other ways to clear up the storage. Yeah. <laughs> Optimize your photos. Yeah. yeah. Or go in and manually choose like old apps that you don't need anymore instead of letting Apple choose for you. <laughs> I will say I finally had to, because I'm so committed to not turning this feature on, I finally had to cave and delete. I, for a while I had don't delete any text message history because I liked be liked it for some reason but i finally caved and now i delete text message history after a year how about you guys oh that's interesting i don't i think i have it as never but it saved me a good idea like do i need year old text messages i don't know i used to be okay with that because um messages weren't synced across the cloud and Mm -hmm. so if i deleted them on one device they weren't deleted on another one um but there's it's certain still message the threads that I just want to keep. Mm. But that's still the case. Like, mm, they're, no. Apple promised syncing, but it hasn't happened. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, it works imperfectly, but it has happened. Oh, really? I feel like I should research this because my experience has totally not been that. But, like, you have to, man- like, your messages are still managed device by device. There might be some setting you have to enable, but I generally... It it doesn't work for me when it's like um, any kind of sort of like automatic text thing, like I'm subscribed to some text things that like send me little tidbits of information or have to do with subscriptions I've got. And so it's not really a person texting me. It's some kind of machine. Those ones, for some reason, do not delete from other devices when I delete huh. them from my iPhone. Weird. But generally, everything I delete on my iPhone is deleted everywhere else. I will say as a bonus complaint, because uh, it saved me about, I think I said six gigabytes when I turned this off. And part of it is that I send and receive a lot of gifts, mm. like a lot of just random gifts. And they like, a, take up a lot of storage. A gift person. Ah. I am. And like they don't give you good – Apple doesn't give you great controls for managing this. They do let you see which like photos and videos were attached and delete those one by one within a text. But uh, I wish it had more fine-tuned controls for managing what it deleted because a lot of – like I wish I could keep the history of my conversations but just delete all those gifts that are now useless from years ago. So 
Um, I want to talk about this app that's also like a podcast service that's new a couple weeks ago, which is actually today because this is you guys will be seeing this in a couple weeks, and it's called Luminary, um, and it's kind of like a Netflix style thing. You subscribe for eight dollars a month, and you get access to about forty different exclusive. Um, shows that are ad-free in addition to a lot of the other sort of usual podcasts that you find everywhere, um, except for Spotify and New York Times are not letting their shows be on this platform. So that's kind of a big deal. On the other hand, Gimlet Media, um, which I think they do like Reply All. They, and Reply they have all. a ton of good They have podcasts. a ton of, like yeah. some of the best podcasts, probably a lot of your favorite podcasts are Gimlet Media. They bought Gimlet Media. Spotify bought Gimlet Media. Oh, did they? I Spotify thought... about Gimlet Media. Oh, I that's why Reply All. That's why Gimlet Media is not going to be on Luminary because Reply All is a That's Gimlet a big Media deal. Show. It's a big mm-hmm. deal. Yeah. I mean, right. I think it's an int- – I'll, I'll be curious to hear your experience, but as a kind of side note, podcast wars are coming. It's going to be very similar to like how we have Amazon and HBO Go and all of these. There's all going to be a lot of exclusive content that you're going to have to start paying for in one form or another. Right. So um... – so they're really hoping that you want to listen to their exclusive content enough that you know they'll have a show with Trevor Noah and um, Caramo Brown from Queer Eye and Lena Dunham, if you're into the girls' show. Um, <laughs> clearly, I'm not. <laughs> Everybody else you seem very enthusiastic about. <laughs> um, and a lot of other people. Um, I actually signed up for this free trial for a month because of a podcast that I really want to listen to. So um, I'm not recommending this yet. I'm just letting you guys know that it's out there and I'm trying it out and I will let you know um, the next you time we talk about apps saying. and stuff whether it was it's worth whether I decide to continue or not. How much does it cost per month? $8. Okay. Yeah, $7.99. I'm no. so curious about this. I mean, I'm both, you know, it's either going to be because Netflix sort of ushered in this golden age of TV shows where we have like so many awesome TV shows, Netflix and HBO. And so it might do that for podcasts. But also, I feel like we're sort of in the golden age of podcasts where we have so many podcasts and they're all free. You're you're welcome. (laughs) Uh, And so I'm a little bit worried that suddenly I'm going to have to start paying for all of these services just to listen to podcasts I like, which is sad. I know. Yeah, I know. I see what happens. It's a testament to how much I want to listen to this very particular podcast that um, that I'm willing to even consider this. Mm. But I have a feeling, I mean, unless there's, I'm not a huge podcast listener, for one thing, um, because I'm the kind of person who can't listen to things and focus on other stuff at the same time. Like, I can pay attention to what I'm hearing, or I can pay attention to what's going on around me. I can't do both. Um, which rules out listening to podcasts in the car. Um, <laughs> See, I'm a huge podcast listener. Yeah, I know. <laughs> everyone everyone but me is. Um, so we'll see. I'm not really expecting that I'll continue unless this podcast that I want to listen to is out of this world. But I'll let you know my experience using the app as a platform and whether I think it's worth it if you are a podcast listener. I'm curious to make this a question of the week. I know we had one question, but people are so opinionated about Blinklist. I want to know, will Blink-list. you pay? Blinkist. <laughs> Blinklist, nobody has opinions on. <laughs> I want to know, will you pay, would you be willing to pay for podcasts? Uh, and in particular, Luminary? Yeah. Have you yeah. tried Luminary? Do you like it? Because you guys are clearly podcast listeners, unlike our podcast yeah. host over here. <laughs> podcast at iPhoneLife.com is where you can email in. I have a lot of podcasts I like. I just want to be clear. I just never listen to them. (laughs) David, what's your app or gear for this week? I have kind of an oldie but goodie, and it's because 
I keep having people not having heard of this and talking about this problem. The problem is, is that there's so many bands that come through that it's hard to know when they're coming through and keep track of them. And so there's an app for this called Bands in Town. Have you guys heard of this? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Probably. Okay. Well, a lot of people haven't. <laughs> uh, so I wanted to feature it's a it. Good one. It's a good one. Mm -hmm. And what it does is it basically analyzes your music collection and it syncs with iTunes. Uh, and Spotify, and I'm assuming other ones, but I'm not totally sure. And then based on that, it makes recommendations for concerts in your area. Uh, it's really cool. And so it's really cool, and it's one of the ways that I often discover shows that are coming up. And what it does well is it'll obviously tell you if there's somebody you listen to a lot, whether they're coming, but it'll also make recommendations that um, are a little bit tangential to that, so you can discover new people that are coming to town, or like sometimes there's a band that I used to like a lot but haven't listened to in Spotify for years but it tends to catch those people um, so I recommend it if you enjoy going to live shows it's a nice thing it's free so it's you know it's easy to to use and I recommend it cool um, have you found like since we live in Iowa there are I mean we do get concerts but not like as much as if we lived in a big city or something. Do you find that you get good recommendations still? I do, and partly I think it's maybe a little bit harder to follow because we live in Iowa, and so I have to do a wider range. Like, I went to a show in Moline, which is like, it's like an hour and a half away. I would have never known what band is going through Moline, but right. it, was, it was a band I really liked, uh, and so I discovered it because of this app. Um, I also tend to like, if I'm going someplace to a city, I'll tend to try to time it around the show because I really enjoy it. So I'll, I'll use it, I'll kind of skip around. Like I'll look in Chicago quite a bit as well because there's obviously a lot more in Chicago. And do they have like even like more obscure concerts? It's not just like huge people? Mm -hmm. They have a lot of obscure concerts, but they have kind of controls over how obscure you want it to get mm. because I don't like it when it shows me literally everyone who's performing. I kind of want to be like, here's these art artists that you like will they be near you? <laughs> That's yeah, what yeah, I yeah. like. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, I'm going to give that a try. I think at one point I downloaded it, but I haven't really done anything with it. So I have a gear this week. Um, last episode, we talked to you about the second generation AirPods, which um, they the, you have the option to buy the wireless charging case for that. So not only do the AirPods, as usual, wirelessly charge in the little case, but you can charge the case wirelessly. So you don't have to plug it into with a lightning cable anymore. Um, so the, um, the wireless charger that I like to use for this is the Nomad Base Station. Mm -hmm. And uh, Nomad in general just makes a lot of really nice products with premium leather. I'm using their Apple Watch band right now that I really like. Um, they sent me recently a Nomad Base Station. And so it's flat, which is what you're going to want for an AirPods wireless charger. Um, Angled ones are nice for if you're using your phone at your desk or at home or something like that. You can like be using your phone while it's charging. But for the AirPods, you want a flat one that's like a hub. And so this, you can put your iPhone and your AirPods on there at the same time. And it has the like actual wirelessly charging area is uh, black leather. Mm. And then they have an option for a black base around that or one that's a nice like dark wood. So it's really nice looking. Um, I think it's like, the aesthetic's a little more masculine, but I think it's nice for anyone. anyone. Um, and it was 99, so it's definitely more of like a premium charger, but I really like it. And I noticed they also have one that has an Apple Watch puck in it too. Oh. So you can do all three. And I noticed that right now they're sold out of that on their website. And I'm wondering now that Apple is not creating an air power mat, which would do the same thing. It was like has, you know, 
Apple Watch, AirPods, and iPhone can all charge in the same place. Like now, probably companies that are doing things like that are selling more because people were waiting <laughs> for the Air Power mat, and now we're no longer. So, um, and that was like 124 or something. So they have a few different options on their website. You can find that at hellonomad.com. Check it out. And I feel like with the with these charging stations, I mean, you always end up having to spend more than you want on them, and you can always go on Amazon and get a cheap one. But I think don't underestimate it because you tend to have to put them in places that are like very visible, and it's nice to have them look nice and be high quality too. So, yeah, it is. Like that's one thing. Like. Um, with wireless chargers in general, I think there's more potential for them to be nice looking. Mm-hmm. Like there's one from Belkin I really like too for an angled one for my phone. Mm-hmm. Um, Belkin's another good company to check out if you're looking for a wireless charger. Yeah. Um, this is actually for my complaints and learning, but I want to add this now because I just think it's relevant to the conversation. Um, I was a little confused, I probably should have known this before now, um, about wattage for wireless chargers. Um, Apple can only support a seven and a half watt charging speed. Uh, and so when you see chargers that say 15 watts or something like that, you I was wondering if that would actually be problematic. Um, and it turns out that it's a pull system, not a push system. That's been explained <laughs> to me. So really your iPhone's only going to pull seven and a half watts. So that isn't, it's not going to damage your phone or cause problems. And if anything, you're future proofing yourself for when Apple probably raises the speed of wireless charging, then you'll, you won't have to get a new charger to take advantage of that. Uh, this 15 watts are more designed for their Android phones that far ch- fast charge faster. Which is that, I mean, that's the complaint half of it, is Apple, like, it does charge really slowly when you wirelessly charge, and Android has clearly found a way to charge it faster at 15 watts, so I don't know why Apple hasn't gone around to that. Yeah, so it's like, I think the big things, if you're looking for wireless chargers, what you want to look at is the wattage, so you know what the, the speed of charging that you're going to be getting. Um, Apple's first, at first when they came out with wireless charging, five watts was the um, oh well. Was the limit, that. and then with it was a recent iOS update, or not that recent, but um, they raised it to seven and a half watts. So presumably they're going to keep improving it, um, and so you want to look out for that because that will affect how fast your phone charges. Um, technically, your phone should be able to charge about the same as with a Lightning charger, about the same amount of time. But my experience is that it takes a little bit longer. Like mm-hmm. there, it's, there's the convenience of not having to plug it in, but it does take a little longer. And then there is the angle of the wireless charger. That's the other thing that, like, you know, for things like AirPod, um, AirPods, you want a flat surface. But otherwise, I would say it's better to have one that's at, at an angle because then you can use things like Face ID, use your phone while it's charging, and that's nice. So when I'm doing wireless charging with my phone and using it at the same time, I find that it basically just holds it steady. It's like, or it's yeah. so charging so slowly that it's like not barely noticeable. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. Do you guys find that like the case you use matters a lot in terms of wireless charging? I was going to ask you that. I haven't tested it, but yeah, it I really feels like it does. It feels like it slows it down. Mm-hmm. I am not um, – I don't use really like rugged cases, really like big bulky mm-hmm. ones. So I've never really had a problem. But um, what our senior gear editor, Dig, wrote a roundup of nine wireless chargers. Nomad actually wasn't on there, but um, there was one from Belkin and there's a bunch of others. And he said he used like – thick protective cases on 
with all of them to make sure they worked, and he said they all did. Well, dig loves um, his thick protective so cases. So I think the things you have to be careful about, though, are wallet cases. Mm. I had a wallet case for a while. So if you have wallet, if you have credit cards and an ID on the back of your phone, that did get in the way. And pop sockets, right? Pop sockets, yes. Yeah, pop sockets. But there is the OtterBox pop symmetry, mm-hmm. which I know you didn't have luck using it with a wireless charger, but it works just fine for me. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, cool. Have you guys, as a as an aside, have you guys set up rapid charging? Do either of you have like the no. USB-C and... So this is something that a lot of companies are coming out with right now because uh-huh. at like at CES this year in January, a lot of companies came out with uh, USB-C to lightning cables that support fast charging. And the whole idea behind that is it charges your phone. It's in 15 minutes, I think. Yeah, I think it was like, but all the way in less than a half hour. Oh, 15 okay. minutes it took it to like more than half fully, fully charged okay. or something. But um. But you have to have this special USB-C to lightning cable and an adapter, wall adapter that has USB-C. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you have to get special hardware for that. Apple only recently started certifying these products, and they like a lot of them are coming out Q2. Okay. So I actually just yesterday was emailing Belkin being like, do you have them ready? Can you send? Because we want to do a roundup and like test this out. Because it's a feature that I think a lot of people are not using, including at iPhone Life. I feel like we should, you know... Start using that more. Well, especially because when the Apple announced it, they just announced rapid charge, charges your phone in 15 minutes, and they sort of were hazy on the fact that you needed all this extra gear that didn't come with your phone. Yeah. And, like, it took me a while to figure out what it was, like, that I didn't have and I need to buy all this stuff. And then Apple wasn't certifying third parties. So, yeah, yeah I think it's everybody's confused on it. So up until now, you've had to buy, only Apple has made the products mm-hmm. you need, that those cables you need in order to use it. Um, but so really, I think in the next couple of months, we'll be able to test out and let you guys all know the best uh, cables, hopefully the most affordable and best cables, because mm-hmm. uh, the Apple ones, it felt like enough money that I didn't feel like spending it. Yeah, <laughs> I never got around to it. Okay, so uh, I guess I was the last one for the apps and gear section. So this wraps up our uh this 110th episode of the iPhone wow. Life podcast. We'll be taking a three-week break now, and we'll be back the week before WWDC. We'll be doing two week, two weeks consecutively for the pre-WWDC announcement and then the event day coverage on June 3rd. So stay tuned for that. Uh, you'll learn everything, like all the latest rumors for iOS 13 on our May 28th episode, and then June 3rd, you'll find out what Apple actually announced for iOS 13. So stay tuned. And if you're an insider, stay tuned right now because we've got some bonus content for you. Yes. Thanks. We'll see you next time. Thanks, everyone. Thank you.